Welcome to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. Cindy is ready to have those candid and unfiltered conversations so you know how to move forward in your marriage. You'll hear inspiring and insightful discussions surrounding this taboo subject to help you feel confident in your decision. Now, here's your host, Cindy Stibbard. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Redefined, Changing the Experience of Divorce. I'm your host, Cindy Stibbard. And for those of you who are new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm a certified divorce coach, certified divorce specialist, and trained relationship decision coach. I am also a single mother of two teenagers who went through my own divorce over five years ago, which launched me on this path that I'm on now in redefining myself, my purpose, and my mission to changing the experience of divorce for others. Today is a little bit of a different twist, a little bit of a different mission. Um, My guest today is my partner, Mike Mayo. Hi, Cindy. Hi, love. (laughs) (laughs) And we have never done a podcast before, and I thought that it was time for you all to meet him. Um, Having been post-divorce now for five years and knowing that divorce doesn't end your life. In fact, it can be a real opportunity for you to start a brand new fresh life and that it doesn't have to end on the signing of the dotted line. You do get a fresh start and another chance to recreate and redesign the life that you want. And so I've invited Mike here today because I thought that you should hear, you know, or we could share with you our perspective on how we are doing relationships differently in this next chapter of our lives and um, the changes that we are making in our lives, in our relationships, so that we don't repeat the same patterns that we did in our first marriages, right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, so Mike, I want well, to introduce- progress not, per- progress, not perfection, though. That's right. There's nothing that's no such that's thing right. as perfect, yeah. right? Nothing. Yeah. And we have learned so much in the last you know, years- five years together, mm-hmm. almost five years together yeah. of how to do things right. And it didn't start off so smooth, but I think that over the years we have learned, um, I don't know, we've really learned to to tighten things up. And I think that we just keep getting better and better every year. I agree. Yeah, no, for sure. It was definitely, well, both of us going through divorce around the same time. So we were both dealing with outside of the fence issues at the same time, right? So it made it quite difficult, but we persevered. And here we are, five years coming up. I know, I know. It's quite amazing. And, you know, the chances, I think that, you know, of going through divorce together, it's really hard. A lot of couples don't don't make it through that because it can be, it can be so hard, especially on your relationship, on your lives. You're so engulfed with the whole divorce process. There's so much drama and stress with the other side. Partly, you know, it was helpful that we both understood and how we were going through it at the exact same time. So I think that was partly helpful. Yours ended a lot faster than mine, but I think that it it doesn't end. It like for you and I both, like it still isn't over. <laughs> like there's still co-parenting, there's still struggles. It's not perfect. No, yeah. I mean, maybe I signed before you, but there's always the ongoing discrepancies to put it politely that still take place you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's quiet and sometimes it's like a hurricane i know yeah all the yeah. yeah for sure and there's lots to learn and so between mike and i too we have four kids mm-hmm. i have two he has two and you know i think when a lot of times 
people enter new relationships, the common expectation from society, from people, from friends is that while you're dating and you're in, you know, this midlife stage of your life, mm-hmm. or both in our forties, why are you not living together? Cause we don't live together. The expectation is that, that we, we do. And a lot of people assume that we do after so long, right? They were, they automatically assume. I think it's just the thing to assume. And when you're at this age, I think that unless you're like under 30, it's assumed that you're living together. And it's the question always comes, why are you not living together? Yeah. Which I think is so funny because you and I, you know, we've had our, we'll, we'll tell everyone how we got, got to where we are now, but I think society puts so much pressure on if you're in a relationship, like, isn't that the next step? Like, shouldn't you be living together? And so many relationships take that next step after let's say an average of two years when things have been going really well, like your honeymoon phase of a relationship typically lasts the first two years when everything is amazing. And everyone thinks that, oh, because everything is amazing, we should be making the next step and moving in together and blending before, I don't know, I think before life gets real, before like real, you've done any real shit to mm. you know navigate together. Mm. Of course, it's amazing in the first two to three years. If it's not, then why are you there? Yeah. But at the same time, a huge step, like, like living together, I think can sometimes create a lot of struggle, which is why we have relationship struggles. You know, there's sure. a lot to be said when you combine two people, two homes. And especially mm-hmm. when you start to blend families, that can be super complicated. Well, it is when there's kids that are younger, right? I mean, even mm-hmm. kids in general, I guess it doesn't really matter what age they are, but when you blend straight away, it can always take away um, from the attention that they need. Yeah, I think so. Which I didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's go into that. Cause I think when, you know, you and I started dating very, very quickly after Mm-hmm. officially dating after after our divorces and you know it was pretty quick to as- assume by a lot of people that we would be moving in together i mean i remember even going to my financial advisor and like this is in my divorce settlement and he's like well you know are you and mike going to live together because this would be far better for you know you both or you you if you did it's always better to combine and that moment i was like what like i'd been with someone for the last 26 years <laughs> in the same house, having everything like paid for and no, no responsibility in that financial department and had to share my space with someone. The last thing I was thinking of at the time, and no offense to you, my love, is that I need to get into another married like relationship, like right Mm -hmm. away. Like Mm -hmm. you don't leave one marriage to just, I don't know, at least I didn't to jump right in to another marriage. That's not like at all what my MO was. No, I think a lot of people, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I mean, that's just what I assumed that would happen. You know, that's you did. Like, and I think I you did too, right? <laughs> no, I, I totally assumed that that was okay. That's, this is what we're doing. This is it. You know? So how did it play out for you when you, um, when you discovered that I was a little bit resistant um, to the idea of, I, I just assumed. And then I can't remember exactly when we had that discussion, but I think it was, I think it was always floated. And I didn't pay my, I didn't give it much merit. I was like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, and I didn't really, I just kind of brushed it aside. And then, cause we did move in together. Yeah. We were temporarily living together we while I was trying to like, find a place. For like to what, live. like five months or six months or something. Yeah. Maybe less a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, somewhere in there. And then, 
you started looking for a home and then that was when it started to get real. And you, I mean, I was more like, I think I was more threatened by the whole thing mm. I think that I was more worried that if I, if we weren't living together, that I would just be alone. And that was like my biggest fear. And I didn't see the, I didn't see the reasoning why it was important to establish that. And, you know, I mean, you highlighted the fact that obviously like that we just touched on before is to to make sure that, you know, we can establish ourselves and live our own lives, not live our own lives, but we can like figure out who exactly who we are. We can, you know, I can take care of my kids. um, Like I can't, like I should, and you can take care of yours and give them the attention that they need. And, um, and um, where was I going with that? I totally just lost my train of thought there. I think we have like ingrained patterns, right? I mean, you hadn't ever mm. been on your own. No, so. I jumped from relationship, like what even my younger years, relationship to relationship. And it was just like, everything just, okay, we're together. That's it. We move in, have kids and do all that. Mm. Not that we wanted to have kids, but it was, but it, when you did say that and you gave me the reasons why it was like, okay. And I remember when you moved out, I was, I felt like, I don't know if this was going to last because I don't, I don't know if. If, if this is going to work, mm. I think that was my mm-hmm. biggest fear is like, I don't see how we stay together for not living together. <laughs> Even though, you know, when you moved out, it was like, you were like, what, three blocks away from me. Yeah. Everyone, luckily I was able to get a home, like a couple blocks away from like, and now tall. we live two streets away. So two it's street not, away. yeah. So it's yeah. not even a big deal. And, you know, r- realizing that and doing the work, it's actually been a blessing in disguise for like for me at least and I think you know you knew what you wanted to do but for me it's actually like I've been able to give my kids exactly the attention that they need and focus on them when they're here and I don't have to worry about like you know them feeling second to you Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um and um and yeah I mean it's just it's been great it really has I mean I've, I've had the opportunity to to just be there for them, be there, be their support, get them through tough times, celebrate everything with them when they're here. And then when they're, when we're fortunate enough to have the kids at the exact same time and not have them at the exact same time, we get to focus on each other a hundred percent. Right. So it's been, yeah. it's been really beneficial for us. And I've learned a lot about myself being on my own too, like knowing that I can do everything. Whereas when you're in your marriage, it's you're, you're kind of sharing responsibilities or, you know, the mother plays a bigger role um, in looking after the kids because, you know, I worked a construction job and I would work long hours and I would come home and, you know, I'd be with the kids, but I don't know if I was actually with the kids as yeah. much. It's more like yeah. they were there and I was there. But now it's like, you know, I can be be 100% dad 50% of the time. Right? Oh, yeah. I know. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. And I think I think it's so powerful what we've done. And I, I do appreciate that you you stuck with it and mm-hmm. you trusted the process. Cause I know mm-hmm. that we were, we had different intentions at the beginning, or I guess just different expectations in terms of like, okay, how we're going to, how are we taking this next step of our relationship? And because mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people out there are probably like, Oh my gosh, you guys are crazy. You live two streets away and you're not living together. Like that doesn't even financially make sense. And mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't, but the thing is, is like, that wasn't what it was about for you and I, it was really mm-hmm. about for me, I think, I needed that autonomy. Like I, one of my biggest values is like, I need that freedom. I need to be able to, to be independent. I had not been independent at all, like literally in my entire marriage and everything was taken care of. So the fact that I was even paying my own bills for the first time, 
in 22 years was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I get to pay my own bills. Like I actually really loved it. I owned my own house for the first time ever in my 40s, mm. which were the, these were such big things that I felt that I didn't do in my marriage when I should have had played a bigger role in that way. And then just having the freedom, like you said, to figure out who we are. Mm. I think that you can blend so easily into another relationship and lose yourself in another relationship really quickly because everyone likes companionship, right? Like we love spending time together. We love, you know, that time spent with each other. We love, you know, doing things together and, you know, teaming up and exploring and traveling, but there is something there's a lot to be said for having time to really sort out who you are and even who you are as a, as a parent, mm -hmm. because that part, that part's been definitely tricky, but it's so powerful. I think for more so, I think for dads to be able to be given that opportunity to truly step into a role that maybe they didn't have an opportunity to do as much before, or the opportunity just, you know, you were working the mom, like you said, the mom takes takes the reins. Like being a single mom was not necessarily foreign to me. I felt like I was like that for a lot of the end of my marriage. Like I was the the primary all the time. The hard part for me was not seeing them half mm -hmm. the time that I had to had to, you know, get used to. But watching you over the last five years, like really step up and figure out like how to parent half the time, you know, how to to navigate time with the kids. And I think at the beginning, there was that fear, like how are we going to be able to make it in a relationship if we're not living together? And I think now we've proved that it's not about like you can live with someone and truly not be close to them. Yeah. Location, realistically. I mean, location does matter, but not in our situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I never did. I, I mean, I would take my kids to activities like when I was married, but if I couldn't take the kids to activities, they would get there anyways. But now it's just like, it's a whole different, it's a whole different level of parenting when you're doing it all on your own. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I, not to say I didn't appreciate it. I didn't know, I didn't know exactly what it was like. And now that I have the opportunity to do it and I've, you know, and I'm, I'd like to say I'm doing it well. Um, it's amazing. You know, I'm so happy for, I'm, I'm so happy that you chose to do it, that you chose to, <laughs> to, you know, to, to, to take that stance, because if you didn't, I wouldn't have had this relationship, this close of a relationship with my kids, because I mean, for obvious reasons, if we live together, my focus would have been making sure that, you know, I'm giving you as much attention as I am everyone, right. Trying to spread myself as, as much as possible. And I would get, things would get missed. Things would get, you know, Mm -hmm. So it just, it just works out. It worked out way better than I could have, than I had, had imagined, you know, cause I just, I, yeah. I thought it was going to be failure, but. Yeah, but it definitely wasn't. And I think, I think for us, it works so well right now at this stage of our lives, because you and I both, and I love this about us is that we really value our kids. Like our kids come first. Mm -hmm. Like we, it's not like we come second in each other's lives, but when the kids are here, the kids are first because mm -hmm. when you're divorced and you have the kids half the time, they sure as hell better come first on the time that you have them right? <laughs> because you don't yeah. get to have them all the time. That's right. So for you and I, I think that we really make a point of making sure that they are our number one when they're mm -hmm. here and they know it because their time with us, like, this is how I see it. And I know you feel this way too. Like their time with us runs out your time, you and my time together 
this is like just getting started. We have nothing but time to be spending together, but the time with our kids, like they're going to leave us one day, you know, mm-hmm. and not, not too far off. You know, my son's going to be 15 this year. And, you know, there's only a matter of a few years before he's moving on. And it just, time goes by so fast Yeah. that for me, my biggest fear was not giving them that chance to really connect with me. And for you to not give your kids that chance to really connect with you. Yeah, no, for sure. It's been, it's been really good. And I think there can be lots of resentment as well, which I never wanted to happen when new partners come on the scene, especially when there hasn't been that dedicated time with just that one parent, because there's a lot of research around how difficult it is for kids to adapt to blended families, sometimes Mm. even, sometimes even harder for them to adapt to blended families than it is through divorce, because Mm. now they don't have both biological parents in their lives. And when one biological parent recouples they almost lose them more because that person is more invested in their new relationship and the kids get a bit distant and neglected. I mean, I'm not saying that this happens to all of you out there. I'm sure lots of you are doing it beautiful, beautifully, but they're just just, happened to me on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where you kind of got just sort of, you know, swept to the curb a little bit. Fend for yourself. That's what it is basically. And so what was that like for you as a kid to see your, both your parents like recouple and you're kind of you know, like floating in the middle. It sucked. I was yeah. eight. I was like my kid's age when, when I got divorced and it sucked. It was just like going back and forth. And my split was like three days with dad, four days with mom, three days. It was just a weird rotation, a three, four, three or something. And it was just, I lived out of a backpack. Both parents had remarried. One, my dad's side had um, already had another, had a daughter and then they had another child. And it was just like, it, it was, it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. It literally fed for myself. That's what it was like. And I was disciplined by both my step parents because they were the dom- dominant people in the relationship. So I wasn't even like disciplined by my own parents. They were both my step parents that were laying the law down. So it, it sucked. It, it was like, it was tough. And the resentment built for you. Resentment was huge. Yeah. I had huge resentment and you know, not that I, I don't have it anymore as much, but I just wish that things could have been different. So I guess that's why I'm so so grateful that things are the way they are with my kids right now. Yeah. And how we can make the situation different and know how Mm -hmm. hard it was for you to go back and forth and navigate that. I think that you and I try our very best to make it as easy as possible on the kids, knowing that like, we know this wasn't your choice. We know that you would never have picked this. You know, even though you see both parents happier on the other side, this is not ideal for you guys, Mm -hmm. but we definitely make sure that I think you and I do a good job of making sure that their needs are first, like what they feel that they want to do, what they need help with. You know, even if when it came down at the very beginning, like when we were spending so much time together, when I had my kids and you had yours, we allowed them a bit of a voice to say, okay, you know what? I just want to be with you now. (laughs) Can we we just hang out like the three of us and not with everybody all the time? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, 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 I mean, we definitely take that into consideration. It's like we have, we could go to Sydney's for dinner. Like, do you want to go over there? They're like, well, I just feel like chilling at home. Okay. That's fine. We can do that. Yeah. Because yeah, I think just... like when they get overridden, like, oh, we, well, I don't care because, you know, you're my partner. Or, like I'm your girlfriend. Like that's this is what, what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. well, screw this. Like, I don't like, yeah. I don't like it here so much. Like I think that it's important for them to have space, mm-hmm. you know, from mm-hmm. each other and 
that they get to have a little bit of a say. It's not that, you know, we're not important. And I don't think you and I luckily take offense to that. Like we just know that when the kids are here, mm-hmm. then they, they don't, they're not in charge. I wouldn't say that. Like we definitely do our thing if we have a plan and we rally the troops, but if there's something in the way where they're just tired of spending so much time together, or they just want time with you or just me, then we why would we say that. no to that? <laughs> why would we say no to that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think, you know, because we haven't done the whole blended thing, like my kids have a, not that I don't think they would have a good relationship with you. I think you're amazing with my kids. I think like my kids really look up to you and they really enjoy having you around. Mm. I just think there's not that pressure of, is this my, you know, my dad or like what role is this, this man playing in my life as a dad role? Cause when you live together, it automatically is that assumption of like, this is the father figure or this is the mother figure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, neither one of you and I have ever wanted to be the replacement. Like I'm not the replacement for your kid's mom. No, you know, you're not the replacement for the dad. Like we, they already have those in their lives. Yeah, exactly. And so establishing that bit of a different relationship, I think takes the pressure Mm-hmm. off of them and wondering like, oh, like, do I, are they going to discipline you or what are the rules? And we know like that those are your kids. You discipline your kids. <laughs> These are my kids. I'll discipline my kids. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I've never once disciplined yours and you're never once disciplined mine. I mean, it's. Yeah. Just don't, yeah. And I think like we've got, we were kind of on the same page with parenting. What would you think? I think we, we, we are. I mean, for most things. I mean, I think I'm a little looser than you are, but I yeah. think that's just a dad thing anyways, to be honest. I don't think it's just my personality. I think it's just, I think dads and if there's any dads that seem they'll probably agree with me. I mean, it's just, we're a little bit more loose than the mothers are just by, <laughs> just by nature. You know, we're let our kids live a little bit more dangerously. They'll be fine. Don't worry. Or mm. it's just like, can I have this? You know, we don't go, did you ask your mother? <laughs> you know, it's right. like, go ahead. Right. And, and I just think for the majority of things, I, I do think that we're very aligned, um, especially with, you know, our principles and our, our, our rules and stuff like that. I mean, and our values, we have very similar values. So we try and instill those on our kids and, mm-hmm. you know, and we have good kids. I mean, like, it's we not, do. it's, we're not raising like little delinquent shitheads, you know, <laughs> so, well, luckily, luckily, because they could yes. be, and they could, that could be a yeah, reflection could, of they, us I mean, too, right? The day is still young, right? I mean, yeah. they're still, they're <laughs> yeah. still not quite through it yet, but I mean, yeah. up until today, they've been, they've been great. So it's not like, it's crazy. You know, yeah. it's, it's been enjoyable. It's been fairly easy. Obviously there's things that happen, but nothing that wouldn't happen on a regular basis anyways. Nothing that I haven't been through. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. No, they have not been through anything of what you've been through at all. No, no. And yeah, so I guess like we have, what is it like distant co-parenting? Like we kind of co-parent. I think that there's a lot of things that you help me with, Mm -hmm. with my kids when I might be struggling. Like I know that my son takes not direction, I would say, but advice or maybe guidance from you better than me. And it's just because of your approach. Like you are so amazing with how you approach something on his level. Like you mm. completely go back to like whole like, well, Cindy, remember, he's like 14-year-old boy, like a 14-year-old boy thinks this way, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to be careful about like saying this. And I don't think that way. I just go into mom mode, right? And you've seen yeah. me before. And all I have to do is look over, look over the counter at the table at you and you're like, stop. No, <laughs> yeah. no for sure. And I mean, it's, 
And, and I mean, it's easier for me too, because your mom, so he can choose to tone you out at the same time. And he can also choose to try and argue with you at the same, you know what I mean? So he yeah. can keep that stance. Whereas with me, he knows, he knows whether he's, he's done something bad or he has a different opinion. I don't really care. Like, I don't care because it's not, honestly, it, it doesn't affect me. If he, if, if he made a mistake or did something bad or wants to take a stance on something, his stance is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Blue, white, gray, wet, red, green, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, and I can, I can level with him, and he can take, I don't put any pressure on him. I'm like, this is the advice. Mm-hmm. This is, or this is what we've done. And yeah, I mean, take it or leave it, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know and I mean? you're so, so I think, compassionate. I think that approach him. is easier for him to take. Yeah. He, he appreciates that because then ultimately I put it back on him as his decision, whether he likes to accept it or not. Yeah. I mean, we can even give the example of like just the other day, our, my son's in Australia right now on a rugby tour mm-hmm. and his phone has run out of data. And so I was trying to deal with it and got him on a call. And of course, you know, he's trying to argue with me about how, you know, he can't do TikTok or YouTube or for how long. And I'm trying to explain to him how long a, a gig lasts and how you don't have that much of it. And so I tend to, I was tend to, I think I was getting a little bit like you were getting my you were patience. Getting you were getting excited. <laughs> excited. <laughs> That's what we call it when I was trying to explain it to him over the phone. And so you offered to, to chat with him. And I think that it just brings it right down. Like just even, said, Ask me the phone. I'll explain it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I could just yeah. tell like from your voice, like you guys were laughing and like he was listening and then you were talking about the trip. And I think just the way that you handle it is just so helpful also to me because I know, first of all, that you and I are fully on the same page and you know, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever I'm going through, you're always there to like, okay, what can I do? What can Mm -hmm. I do to help you or communicate this? Or what what is it that you need? And then it allows me to kind of step back and feel like, okay, like the needs are being met. It's happening. You know, he's being heard and it's all going to work out. So I think that, you know, how you do that is so awesome. Mm. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. I love it. Mitchell's easier. I'm not, I don't know. I'm, you know, it's, or, you know, your, your daughter, I'm not a hundred percent sure how that would work. You know, a female, at, at, <laughs> I don't, you know, I kind of leave that one to your, to you. <laughs> I'm not going to well, you on know, she's until, still very... until my daughter goes through that. I won't know how to handle it until I figured it out on my own. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she, you know, girls are a little, sometimes a bit different that way, but you know how much she like adores you, mm-hmm. you know? She For definitely sure. is always asking about, you know, are you coming or, mm-hmm. you know, is, mm-hmm. he, is Mike going to be there? Yeah, no, so I mean, I think all, all in all, we do a really good job with both with both of our kids on both sides. You know, you're great with mine. They phone you for help with homework, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're like, what, or, you know, it's just, it's good. We're, we're, we're a good, we're a good fit for, mm-hmm. for each other, for our kids, for our families, the way we work together, the way we support each other, like. Yeah. And we don't do, and I mean, honestly, this is not something that we're telling everyone to do, but we're just saying whatever works for you. And this is, this is the way that we found it works for us. And then I think on like the relationship side, when you enter a new relationship after divorce and you're trying to figure yourself out again, I think that no matter what side of the coin you're on, you are still going to have some leftover patterns that cause the breakdown of your relationship. And, you know, I don't really care who you are out there if you've been divorced, both of you are at fault to some extent, both Mm -hmm. of you had a role to play in that, whether or not you, you choose to admit that or take accountability for that. That's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. Luckily, you know, you and I both see our roles in how our marriages broke down and 
knew very consciously, okay, I don't know. I don't want this to happen again. I don't want to go down the same path. I don't want to be the same person that I was in that relationship, but what does that look like? And how can we make sure that we don't go there, you know? Mm. And so right away, you know, you and I have been going to therapy, like pretty, pretty quick, pretty soon early on in our relationship, not because we had problems, but because we wanted to prevent them. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it started out with, with like families with the kids and stuff. That's, I mean, that's kind of, I think how we got the ball rolling was, was making sure that the kids were, were taken care of in that aspect and then how we could support them through there. And then through that therapy, we ended up working on how we handled each other and we still continue to do that. How do you find it? Honestly? Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's been it's been great. I mean, before I didn't I didn't in my past relationship, I didn't have a voice. I didn't talk about feelings when I did. I was always, always get shut down and it would just be like, everything's fine, don't worry. Like, you know, life's gonna be great, blah, blah, blah. Like you're stressing about nothing, just minimizing everything that I had. So I was just like, I just okay, I'm just not gonna say anything because my feelings aren't being I'm not being heard, you know. Mm-hmm. So to go into a relationship where I was still like in the beginning, I was very standoffish and you know, I would I was more I was more fight or flight mode than 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 emotional Mike. And now it's more now I'm very in tune with how I'm feeling. And it's you've we've created a safe space for each other to express how we feel in the mm-hmm. moment. If it's if it's something that you know you're doing or if it's something that I'm doing or if it's something that I've done or that you've done, it's very easy to now. I mean it wasn't before we still had to work on things, but I mean, it's easier now to talk about how, how it makes us feel and how we can support each other through whatever each other's going through. So it's, it's been really good and it's helped me in all other aspects of my life too. Like how I deal with, how I deal with clients. Cause I'm an online fitness coach and how I deal with my kids and you know, how I don't fly off the handle. And I learned, I've learned the tools from our therapy sessions to utilize with other people, you know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. just not just one thing it's, it's, and you're not just realistically working. We're not just realistically working on our relationship. We're working on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So like, and I think in order to do that, to keep a relationship healthy and always moving in the right direction, I think we need to do that. It's just like anything. It's like fitness or health or, or nutrition. You always need to be making sure that you're okay. And, or that you're, healthy so that you can continue growing or, or being a better version of yourself. So I think it's, it all goes hand in hand. The moment you start staying still is the moment things start to just, you know, pass you by and you become complacent and you build resentment, whether it's towards yourself or your partner or your kids or your job or whatever. Right. So you always, it's, it's not just working on relationships. It's really digging deep and, and, uh, and figuring out, you know, how, how to handle yourself and your emotions and best deliver, deliver it without upsetting the other person on the receiving end. Right. Or in the best way possible. Or in the best way possible. Can't control their responses. No, for sure. A hundred percent. But there's always a way to present it too, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because you can't just fly off the handle. (laughs) No. And yeah, we've never really, we've never really, we've never done that. No, no, we definitely have happen. We definitely have discussions. And as the kids would say, oh, they have heated discussions. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't include yelling fighting? or screaming. No, we're just no, talking. We're, <laughs> talking. This is, we're just, we're just elevated, but we're not in, it's not in a yelling mode. It's just that I think, um, you know, for us, that's, that's what it looks like when we get a bit passionate 
about, you know, your Aries comes out, my Sagittarius comes out, we get passionate about our positions. Yeah. But I think too, I agree, you know, therapy has been such a way for us to dig deep. And I remember when we first started or when I presented that idea to you, you were like, um, I don't know if I want to go in that down that, that rabbit hole or like unpack that backpack. Like I'm, I'm kind of worried about what that would mean and where that would go. But I think since you've gone there, like there's just been this whole sense of relief and a lot of change through you, even in terms of like how you expressed your emotions differently than you probably did in your marriage, at least. And I know I do because I used to bottle everything up and not say anything because it was always just met with a wall of defense anyways, or shut Mm -hmm. down or like, oh my God, really? Why are you complaining about that? Why aren't you so great? Are you so grateful for your life? It's like, Mm -hmm. yes, I am, but you're not hearing me. And then, you know, going to therapy was never something that when you you were open to that and you were very much accepting and willing and really, you know, an active participant in that experience together, and you still are, was so something that I wasn't used to. You know, I was used to therapy being like, no, you have therapy if you're going crazy. Nobody else is coming with you. That's a you problem, you know, and it was stigmatized, like embarrassing. So I thought, well, I guess not going or I need to get a job or something else is going is wrong with me. But you, you know, you were so open to, to change. And I think a lot of couples get stuck there where one person really wants to, you know, let's go and work things out. And the other one is like, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's causes a huge problem because if one partner is not willing to go down that path with you and really work. And I'm not, I'm not saying like go three times. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like make this a regular thing that you guys do. If one person's resistant, it's not really gonna work. Mm-hmm. And I love that you were open to that because it's rare. It's rare to find men, and I'm gonna stereotype and stigmatize for a second. Here we go. Who are open to that as much. It's rarer, I should say. Yeah, I mean. And I had a little bit of of practice with this too, right? I mean, my background is, is or no, my story, I know my background, my story is a little bit different than most, I would say. So I'm, I'm used to being in therapy for myself anyways, right? So it's, it was, it was an easier transition um, because I've had to do a lot of work on myself. um, But just the fact that being able to do it in a relationship and, and not having to go about it on my own was really refreshing too, right? So it was nice to have somebody like yourself there and not only work on myself, but like build a strong foundation of how we can, you know, navigate a relationship. So it's been really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I think that even when we go to therapy, we always have we always have a good time. It's always like we end it and we feel really strong and we feel like lighter. We have a great therapist too, which helps. But I think mm-hmm. that if you make that conscious effort of going, even when you think that there's nothing wrong, the last time we went, there wasn't really anything that we hadn't already discussed and worked through, but there's always something Mm -hmm. that you, that you uncover. And then there's always a new perspective that you can learn from being in that experience with, with a professional who's basically guiding you guys to be like the best versions of your, of each other to invest in this relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the definition of basically comes down to like the definition of love and what you think relationship should be. And I think that for me early on in my life, love was a feeling and it still is to me to a certain extent, 
but I also see it now as like a commitment into mm. someone else. Like you are truly committing to building and growing and, and evolving a relationship with someone else. And I think that love can really flourish from that. Like, I feel like I love you more now than I did at the beginning. Oh, you know, <laughs> you better say that back. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> no, but I mean, what do you think in terms of how that is for you? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't have, I mean, going to therapy has been, the, been a blessing for sure. I mean, it's, it's like I say, I mean, the last time we went, you're absolutely correct. Like we had already worked through what we were, what we were going through. Not that it was really anything that was huge anyways. It was just something that we were discussing and we used the tools that we had learned from previous sessions and we talked through it and everything was fine. And um, like you said, you just start talking about scenarios, life, what, what's life like ha happening. And, you know, it's like, once you start getting into feelings and you start to unpack a little bit more and you feel even better after, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I have a new appreciation for, for mutual respect, for mutual support. Um, you know, nothing is, nothing is one-sided. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been, it's been really good. And I think our relationship has only gotten stronger, like as the years go on, not that our relationship wasn't strong in the beginning, I just feel like it's at a deeper level now. Yeah. And we've got better at it, like really mm -hmm. good at communicating. Yeah. Like we, if we have it, if we're upset about anything, we know now to not text about it. We have to call yeah, that's, each that's other in person. Yeah. And, and don't talk about it when we're working out. <laughs> yeah. And don't talk about it in the gym. Yeah. And, you know, and if we do talk in front of the kids, like, I think, I think it's important, not that we you don't fight or argue in front of kids. I don't think that that's actually healthy at all for children to never see conflict, mm. but it's all about how you resolve the conflict. You mm. know, like it's okay that you disagree or that you have a, a little bit of a heated discussion. That's fair. Like that's life, but it's not mm. about leaving it there. It's about showing the kids, okay, how are they going to resolve this in a loving way to come back together to each other? Yeah. I, I think, mean, obviously, especially in the situation we've been with divorce and stuff like that, they're like, oh my God, is this it? Yeah. You know, yeah, you don't want to create that fear. Like if we left on bad terms, it's like, I leave your house, you leave my house after, after an argument. They're like, okay, what happens next? Yeah. Cause they used to, oh, you're, you know, you leave when there's yeah. fighting or fighting is a bad thing. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, to a certain level, yeah. Fighting is not great if there's tense and it's toxic and it's, you know, it's not great for kids to see conflict, but what's more important is for them to see the resolve of that conflict. And I think that you and I are like, okay, how are we going to resolve this so that the kids can see that we're getting through this? And actually that makes us, I think, resolve it a mm -hmm. bit quicker too. Mm -hmm. So let's then move into, I want to chat about, you know, what you find most valuable in a relationship. Like what are your values and what do you feel, you know, shows up for you in our relationship that you value most and what are the most important things for you that you're looking for? Um, we just talked about this. <laughs> I know. talked about this over <laughs> dinner and, you know, I mean, uh, well, trust is a huge thing, right? I mean, trust is, is first and for, foremost, right? And, mm -hmm. and well, I mean, I've said this multiple times, but support, Mm -hmm. right support's a huge thing and even when you started going down your your path of where you are now of of um working in divorce and stuff like that right in relationships it's it was just like 
I supported you right from the get-go, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was just like, yeah, like, go do it. If that's what you're passionate about, of course, like you're going to kill it. And even with me, like I, you know, left a corporate job that was super secure and, you know, secure future. And Mm -hmm. I decided to live out my passion and be an online fitness coach and, and do that instead. It's very risky and it's risky on a month to month, but I love it. And you supported me through it and you continue to support me through it. I mean, it's the same with my, with my competitions when I'm in bodybuilding, it's just, you know, what's involved in that. And you're, you support me with whatever I need. Like that's, that's the big, that's the biggest thing is support for sure. I mean, it's supporting you to be yourself. Like yeah, I really think letting, that letting me be my, yeah, letting me be myself as well. Yeah. Cause I couldn't, in my past relationships, I couldn't, I don't know if I could, I, I couldn't be myself, but I always grew up always like being a chameleon. I would be like this person for that group of friends or this person for that group of friends, mm. like always trying to please people, you know, never really worrying about myself. It was just like, and I think that's just got to do with my past and how my divorce and or my parents divorce and stuff like that. Right. But, but yeah, that was, that's the main thing. Yeah. And well, and finding out, you know, who you are, I know that, you know, prior to us, you got really passionate about fitness after Mm -hmm. you, um, well, just telling the story is, is Mike was, uh, is a recovering drug and from drugs and alcohol, or I say an addict. Yeah. addict. (laughs) Hi, my name is Mike. I'm an addict. Yeah. 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 And so seven years, seven years clean and sober. I know it's crazy. And so going through that, you know, recovery process, you got into fitness, which a lot of people do in their recovery process, because they want to channel that, that energy and mm-hmm. that addiction per se into something positive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you went down the path of of becoming really passionate about fitness. You tried to attempted to do, you know, a competition. Um, and I think that if we are, you know, really making such a massive life change, like you're coming out of, of recovery or you really, ha- you have an addiction that you need to surround yourself with the right people and the right environment. It's going to be really hard to stay on the course of recovery and change if you're in the same environment with the same people, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And we've talked about that before is that that was such a huge shift for you and trying new things that wasn't a hundred percent supported in your previous situation. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't. I mean, I just like, yeah, I tried to do, I tried to do a competition, right. When like two years of being so clean and sober and there was no support. Like it was just, there was no support with my like recovery. People continued to drink around me, my ex-spouse included. And like, you know, when you're going to prep for a show, nutrition is, is key. Right. And yeah, it's like, well, why can't you, why do you have to take it so serious? Why do you have to do this? Why do you have to do that? And it was like, it was to the point where, you know, I had a breakdown two weeks out from the show and I pulled out. Right. Cause of the pressure of, of making everyone else happy. Well, yeah. And I, just, I was going at it on my own. So that, and it's tough, right. And you can't do these things. Some people can, I guess, if you're living single and you live by yourself, it's probably yeah. very easy, but not when you have kids and not when you don't have the support systems in place. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, and now it's completely different. Well, I also think like, it's really important to me to support you in whatever passion you're passionate about. Like, although I'm not a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to do a competition anytime soon. I still don't want to ever take away from that as your dream. And if you, you know, it's all about communication. If we communicate, which I think we did a lot, especially, you know, your first show was 
your first prep for your first show was, was challenging, right? Like we didn't know what to expect. You didn't know what to expect. It, it was different, you know, figuring it all out. And then from there, you know, we really communicated what worked, what didn't work, how that was hard. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from there, you can kind of set yourself up for, okay, this is something that actually you want to keep doing, mm-hmm. you know, can you support me through this? And I was like, well, yeah, under certain conditions, you know, you do it right. You get the right support. Um, you know, you get a coach, you do, you do all the things that you're supposed to do in a, in a right way, then yeah, I can support you. And I think from there, you know, I, you're allowed to be in a relationship, your true authentic self. And I think that's what makes anything successful is if your partner looks at you and says, you need to follow your passion, you need to follow your dreams. And a lot of times, you know, when you're married, one person hates their job or their career and you can't necessarily leave because the other person is putting a lot of pressure on you that that's not the right decision we need your income as a family and there is a lot of pressure realistically right not a lot of people can do that mm-hmm. maybe one of the great things about the fact that we never did live together was that you could take that risk that was going to be a financial you know situation a risk on yourself that it was okay to take and you weren't putting the whole family at that same risk and we'd be able to to, you know, handle it. Yeah. So it was a little bit easier, but at the same time, I do think even in in a situation where you are a family or you're in a relationship, if you're not allowing your partner to truly live into their dreams and their, and their passions, you're not truly living a deeply authentic relationship. You know, that's about you. Especially if you can't be yourself. Yeah. And if your part, if your partner doesn't allow you to be yourself and only appreciates you for who you're acting to be, then you're in the wrong relationship. It's all about being, or you're going to live a very unhappy, resentful life. Yeah. Or judging you. I can think a lot of people judge, you know, especially something like what you go through in terms of fitness. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, you know, negative connotations around bodybuilding and like, Oh, you're so obsessive. And there was that word that went around a lot with you. And I think you're, you know, when you came into this bodybuilding, you're like, everyone told me I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks I'm so obsessed. You know, even the kids were like, you know, mom says you're so obsessed. But at the same time, I think of it like you There's a difference have between to obsession be. and, and dedication. Well, you have to be obsessed to mm-hmm. be good at anything. You literally have to be obsessed about it. You because do. if you are not obsessed about it, you will never achieve to the level that you could achieve. You have to be. Oh, Tiger Woods is obsessed with golf. Like Federer is obsessed with tennis. Like yeah. you have to be. If you're not obsessed with it, you don't have a chance. You're just no. doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's fine too. I mean, you can go and have fun and do it and not be obsessed. That's fine too. I mean, you don't have to take it to an extreme. Mm-hmm. But that's not my mindset. Yeah, you want to win. I want to win. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, I'm not going to go about something to be like, oh, I'll be okay if I just, you know, show up. That's not point mm-hmm. you know, I don't wouldn't want to put my body through what it needs to go through and you know spend the money that you need to spend because going being part of doing competitions isn't cheap hiring coaches aren't cheap you know we're doing it and we're gonna win yeah <laughs> yeah and then yeah. watching you go through that too and just having you're so happy in yourself when you're pursuing your passion that it just it it overflows on everything it overflows mm-hmm. on me it overflows on the kids it overflows on your your mood with my kids like everyone can feel your happiness when you are truly following your passion and doing what you're like put on this earth to do, which I think you've actually found. Yeah. You know, no, I feel it. I feel it 100%. Yeah. I know. I love it. Yeah. And it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to do that. And I think you're also showing your kids that 
you don't Follow have your to passion. be Yeah, you don't have to be stuck doing something yeah. that you truly are not fully aligned with in your heart and your soul. And I think that you know, one of our favorite guys, Ed Milet, says that, mm. that almost the biggest form of parental neglect is you telling your kids you can follow your dreams and do anything while well, you are literally doing nothing about that yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And I think we've both done that. I mean, I think my kids are learning to to see mom as a, as a working parent <laughs> after not seeing me as a working parent for 11 years. And that's been a little bit of a challenge. Too. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, mine have noticed just you know, the mood, the mood changes from one career to the next. Right. It's just like after day two of doing what I do now, they're like, I'm like, have you noticed anything different for dad? They're like, yeah, you're so much happier, <laughs> you know, and it makes, and it's good that they notice that. And I'm glad that they noticed that I'm happy, but at the same time, it's like, shit, that sucked that I was like, that they actually noticed the difference. You know, I knew they would because I knew how much stress I was under on the last job, but it's just like, it's kind of, it was a bit frustrating because I knew that I was carrying so much. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But supporting- also in the same breath, you know, there it's like you, like, you know, I can now I'm living out my passion and I can instill that in my kids. Like I've had multiple conversations with them. It's just like, if you love something or you really want to chase something down, you can do it and you'll yeah. get the support from me because I'm doing it. Yeah. Right? And you know, I know how like fulfilling that is. I mean, not mm-hmm. everyone can go out and do their own thing for sure. No. But if you want to, it's there. why not? Yeah. Take that risk to see. If you can't have to be obsessed, you have to be obsessed. You have to be relentless. You have to be. You're obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm Mm -hmm. obsessed with what I do for Mm -hmm. as a coach. I literally like we eat, sleep, and breathe it. The moment I wake up, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it when I go to bed. We're constantly creating and we're constantly like, how can I make this better? How can I reach more people? How can I teach? How can I make a bigger impact? Like I think for you and I definitely are on the same page as we want to just make as big of an impact as possible and help as many people that's really, that's really it. Mm-hmm. We come down, like you get so excited when you, your clients are making these amazing transformations mm-hmm. and you spend so much time like pouring into them as a human, like on a human level, which is so, you know, it's so amazing to watch, but it's also mm-hmm. so fulfilling as a person. You know, I agree. I do the same thing is to be able to help people through something. And I think finally in my life, I mean, maybe I did this when I was teaching, but is to be able to truly serve others. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's, and for me, it's like, it's just make an impact. Yeah. Change, change lives. You know, change. it's nothing. It's the biggest thing. It's like when you change some, you're not only changing their body, but you're changing their mindset. You're changing their lifestyle. They, they feel better. They look better. They have more energy. Their sleep quality is better. You know, the stress levels are down. Their hormones are on point. Like it's just, mm-hmm. It's yeah. And it's, and you're and you play a very big role in that. Right. So it's super fulfilling at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I have to say too, that you've taught me a lot on that level. Like I've always worked out like for my whole life since I can remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always was a clean eater per se, but I had bad habits and I had tons of body issues. You know, I suffered with eating disorder for like 25 years mm. and, you know, I teetered on the edge of alcohol issues, especially near the end of my marriage. And I think, you know, being with you has really helped teach me how to be healthier, Mm -hmm. that it's not about the scale. It's about what you put in your body. It's about, Mm -hmm. you know, being strong. It's about, you know, defying aging as, as we're getting older, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all about those healthy habits and Mm -hmm. 
the morning routine, like you and I are up at four, you're writing in your journal and then we work out and we just have like this really consistent routine. I think that is just part of a healthy lifestyle. And I do really love that because it keeps me on point. I also love that you're sober because that keeps me on point too. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'm not to everyone out there, but definitely it keeps me on point. It's something that I know is one of my shadow addictions and Mm -hmm. I need to be really careful about it. And having you in my corner to keep me in check. You know, not that helpful. I do anything. I think it's not that I'm like, don't be drinking. I you don't. don't. You I'm not never. Like you never. You don't even say like when I'm going for the chocolate, you're like, you really have that on your diet. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. You're super supportive. And I think because. Saying nothing is, saying nothing is more. <laughs> well, because I think that I don't want to, you know, disappoint you. Obviously, yeah. like you hold me accountable, but yeah. you never shame me or feel, make me feel bad. No. For any of that. I would never. No, not none of my clients either. I would never do that. Somebody's no, 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 for sure. Um, I mean, we have so much to talk about, but I do think that relationships come from being supportive, really allowing each other to be authentic and love is more than just a feeling. It's really Mm -hmm. a commitment to making something work. Even if you don't live together, you know, we have a really successful situation, not living together right now. And imagine in the future, we will, when we, when our kids have, you know, grown past us and we have done our nurturing parenting duties um, but for now, you know, it's so nice that we are on the same page with 100%. how we're approaching, approaching life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. It is. Well, I don't want to let this podcast go before people know that you are an online fitness nutrition coach. You do mm-hmm. work with lots of people through any stage of their life and especially through post breakup and divorce. Like, you know how that feels yes. getting people back, back on track, even in your, you know, you specialize in anyone kind of over 40, even, you know, getting that dad, getting rid of the dad bod. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the so, mom bod or whatever. the mom bod. Yeah. Uh, but tell everyone where they can find you if they're interested in learning more. If they're interested in learning more, they can find me uh, mostly on IG at, at Mayotivation. So it's M-A-Y-O-T-I-V-A-T-I-O-N, Mayotivation. And they can drop me a, drop me a message and I'll be more than happy to reach out. Go over there and check the testimonials and the transformations. Mm, and right, it, yeah. it is pretty impressive. So if you're looking to, you know, get in shape or have some help with your understanding your nutrition and how to eat right for your body, then, you know, you're definitely the place to go, babe. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, love. Thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you. Love you. I love you too. Okay. We'll talk later. Thank you for listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. We hope Cindy and her guests were able to put your mind at ease and help you make the right decision for your marriage. We wish you a beautiful week. All of us know that it is next to impossible to make rational, logical, and even smart decisions from a place of fear. Most times, if we are in a place of fear and uncertainty, we won't make a decision at all. Cindy Stibbard, founder of Divorce Redefined, professional divorce and decision coaching, supports many individuals and couples at this stage who are unhappy and unfulfilled, who are either currently in the process of divorce or just only contemplating the idea of separation. 
Does this sound like you? If it does, you are not alone. Text DIVORCE to 602-200-6446 to book your free call. Those who choose to work with Cindy are wise and brave enough to realize that they need to know more before they're able to make such a big life decision. Working with a divorce and decision coach at these stages is the smartest investment you could make for yourself and your family. And it will almost always set you up for a better outcome, whether you choose the path of divorce or not. There have even been many individuals and couples who have decided to give their marriage another shot after working with Cindy. Because what she offers at Divorce Redefined is different. You don't have to only be getting a divorce to benefit from her professional guidance. Cindy offers a unique element in addition to her popular divorce services called Decision Coaching. Decision Coaching is a type of guided support that is meant to help couples get out of that indecision purgatory. Modeled after her training at the Doherty Relationship Institute, Cindy Stibbard's Decision Coaching approach is specifically designed to do just that, help couples come to a decision whether to take one more shot at reconciliation or whether it's better to prepare for divorce. Regardless of the direction taken, couples on the brink finally find the clarity and confidence to know whatever they decide, it is what's best for their family. As a divorce and decision coach and certified divorce specialist, Cindy Stibbard is an advocate of healthy relationships. Whether a couple chooses to separate or try to stay together, she provides new insights, education, guidance, emotional support, and understanding of the many possible options for both individuals and couples who are in the process of uncoupling. At the end of the day, as Maya Angelou once said, when we know better, we do better. This is exactly the focus and purpose of working with Cindy. Are you considering separation or currently in the process of divorce and feeling overwhelmed, afraid, and confused about what this means for your future and that of your children? Do you want to do this right and make choices without regret? If you still aren't sure, ask yourself this. If I'm still in this exact place six months to a year from now, am I going to be okay with that? If your answer is no, Cindy is ready for you. Book a free confidential discovery call with Cindy at Divorce Redefined today. Text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446. That's text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446 to book your free discovery call today. You don't have to do this alone. All of us know that it is next to impossible to make rational, logical, and even smart decisions from a place of fear. Most times, if we are in a place of fear and uncertainty, we won't make a decision at all. Cindy supports many individuals and couples at this stage who have been unhappy and unfulfilled, who are either currently in the process of divorce or just only contemplating the idea of separation. Cindy's clients are wise and brave enough to realize that they need to know more before they are able to make such a big life decision. Working with a divorce coach at these stages is the smartest investment you could make for yourself and your family and it will almost always set you up for a better outcome, whether you choose the path of divorce or not. There have been many individuals and couples who have decided to give their marriage another shot after working with Cindy. As a divorce coach, certified divorce specialist, and qualified discernment counselor, Cindy is an advocate of healthy relationships. Whether a couple chooses to separate or try to stay together, she provides new insights, education, guidance, emotional support, and understanding of the many possible options for both individuals and couples who are on the brink of separation. At the end of the day, as Maya Angelou once said, when we know better, we do better. This is exactly the focus and purpose of working with Cindy. Are you considering separation or currently in the process of divorce and feeling overwhelmed, afraid, and confused about what this means for your future and that of your children? Do you want to make the right decision without regrets? 
Why keep waiting? Book a free confidential discovery call with Cindy today. Text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446 or email info at divorceredefined.ca.